Your name, your social security number, your birthday, your wages. The facts that these machines are dealing with are highly personal. Hello and welcome to the Decrypting Crypto Podcast. I'm Matthew Howes-Barbie, and in this episode, I'm speaking to the founder of Metafabric, who goes under the pseudonym Fabric Lord. Now, Metafabric's an interesting project. I had my eye on this a little bit earlier on in the year, and I bought one of their, their early NFTs, and they're kind of like a Web3 social network. And what they're planning to do is so they've they first launched their metaverse id which if you've heard of the ens the ethereum name service which is where you see loads of people on twitter like myself where it'll be like mhb.eth um those eth addresses which are the uh <clears throat> the 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 name service uh, provides those so that you can have a shorthand for your long wallet address well this is kind of a similar thing, but it's also somewhat complimentary. We dig into this in the episode. But um, so I have the metaverse uh, ID of mat.met.id right now. And what they've built alongside this is a messenger application so that you can message people via their wallet address, or you can message, for example, anyone who is a holder of a Board Ape Yacht Club NFT or a CryptoPunk NFT. And there are lots of logic around that. There's uh, ways in which that you have to pay certain fees to be able to message like large NFT holders, stuff like that. But they're building a broader social network and experience and messaging platform, all built and tailor-made for Web3. Fabric World goes into lots of detail around the future roadmap, the problem it's solving, and I think it's kind of interesting. And we're going to see more and more of these kinds of projects appear. I, I think there's going to be elements where some platforms are better than the others, some complement others, and there are going to be some where there are uh, services and applications built on top of them. But overall, I, I think that this is going to be something, especially with the rise of uh, Metaverse and more people talking about that, it's going to be really critical that um, messaging and uh, ways of communication are formed in a really like nice, seamless manner um, outside of just having wallets as the, uh, the, the central identity within uh, Web3. So we're going to jump straight into that interview right after this. If you're struggling to get your head around the complexity of decentralized finance, I have something just for you. Decrypting DeFi is an online course where I walk you through all of the important concepts within DeFi and share step-by-step -step tutorials on how to start generating income from your crypto assets. Whether you're interested in this from an investment point of view or just want to better understand how things like yield farming, liquidity mining, and staking works, the course will have something for you. Head over to mhb.xyz forward slash DeFi to learn more. Welcome, Fabric Lord, to the Decrypting Crypto Podcast. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Why don't we start by giving everyone a little bit of your background, how you got into uh, the crypto space and where you ended up 
today with launching Metafabric. Hi, hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. Uh, I've been basically in technology for many, many years now, uh, always, always by passion. And then when crypto emerged, and in my opinion, it really emerged in 2017 with the rise of uh, Ethereum, uh, because that's, uh, I think, the, the distributed computer, which Ethereum is, is a major example of, uh, is actually, uh, that was the, the start of, uh, of big crypto. I know Bitcoin was earlier, but uh, Bitcoin has limited applications, unlike Ethereum. And that's when that's when I got really interested in crypto, both when it uh, when it comes to investing, but also when it comes to building useful uh, products on the blockchain. Uh, and since I've been in tech for a long time, I I have a team of people that I've been working with on various projects. And uh, a couple of years ago, we basically decided to focus uh, mostly on crypto stuff. Uh, we we did a bunch of work uh, in the area, and then at the end of last year, we decided to really do this passion project that we've been uh, talking about for quite some time. Uh, and the passion project is about allowing wallet holders to message each other, and that's how uh, Metafabric was born. Great. So so let's let's dig into Metafabric because I. I think there's been, with with all of the discussion around Web three, and I think in the uh, the the metaverse has been something that non crypto people have started to get a lot of exposure to and have a lot of questions around. And it feels like Metafabric is a solution that's coming in to solve a a core pain point there. So why don't you explain to everyone at a high level what Metafabric is and what the core problem it's trying to solve? Yeah, so the basic premise is just about being able to message any crypto wallet uh, because in many cases you are you want to buy an NFT from somebody, uh, you want to talk to a big investor in a, in a token that you hold, you, you could even want to message Satoshi, right, the founder of Bitcoin. We don't know if he's going to reply, but he, <laughs> we know the, his, uh, his address. His wallet address uh, so metafabric is uh, is going to allow that uh, so the goal is basically to enable communication between wallet addresses that was the beginning of the idea and that's uh, the product that we managed to roll out that's what it achieves right now but then you know it can become so much more uh, because first of all on the blockchain you can see uh, all kinds of uh, data, you can see all the holders of a specific NFT, right? And we leverage that to create NFT chats uh, between uh, people. You can see holders of a token, so you can have a chat between all token holders. Uh, you can you can look into payments, which we're going big into. So basically, uh, getting a fee for people messaging you to limit spam and to allow people with big followings to receive messages from people who are actually interested in contacting them because their mailboxes are full on Twitter and other platforms. We could get into notification services, so projects wanting to notify users about stuff. 
And we could even get into the advertising market uh, to some extent because it could be interesting to message all CryptoPunk holders, right, for, for an advertiser or for a project that's uh, starting. So right now it's basically a wallet-to-wallet -wallet messenger and we're starting with these NFT communities, but there are very, very many paths that we could take. And our main goal right now is to basically very quickly roll out features, see what sticks, and follow up on, on the, the ones that stick and that uh, give us user acquisition. So what, I, so what I've taken from that is it sounds like there's kind of three, <clears throat> three core applications. So you've got like the, uh, the individuals, one-to-one, -one, like Messenger, which kind of feels like Web3's answer to email in, in this respect, with the wallet being the, the, the new email address in, in this world. Then, then we have the, the Messenger for the communities and the like NFT uh, creators of those communities and the holders themselves. And then you've got this piece around um, being able to take payment to receive messages, which kind of feels like a, like a clarity FM like type service, which is more in the, the web two world. Um, is, is, am I, am I gathering that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the angles that we're uh, approaching right now. And like I said, many more can uh, emerge because it's a pretty fresh field. And it has a bunch of extra variables that we can use compared to the Web2 world. Just because we're talking about wallets here, where with a, when you have a wallet, you can see all the assets on it and the history of activities. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things I've noticed, especially probably more so in DeFi, is um, it, communities and like the, the, the DAOs that exist are largely running through Discord. And there's been multiple times where I've personally like jumped into a discord and there's like a million announcements that have came out and it's like, Hey, you need to unstake this or migrate this token to this protocol. And like, I've, I've missed that message because I've got like a million messages going on and discord can be a bit of a mess. And it's like, I wonder how many others completely miss some of these really important messaging. Do you see this being a better way of managing some of those types of comms? Yeah, definitely. Just because we have a big focus on eliminating spam completely with the with that basic messaging fee. And this leads to less uh, noise. Uh, and we're definitely eyeing the, uh, the space of uh, important project notifications. So for example, we plan to roll out uh, a channel where a project can post only once per week, right? So they have to really think what's the important message of the week uh, to send to users uh, before they send it. And this way, you are not discouraged by the constant noise and the project can get through an important message about uh, migration, new drops, and so on. And and where would where would I as a as a token holder, uh, uh, or, or or should I say like uh, someone who owns a wallet with uh, where I'm getting messages, where am I actually going to receive those messages? Are they exclusively within the MetaFabric like interface, or is there is there other channels that this can go through? Yeah, right now, right now it's going to be the MetaFabric web uh, interface, and we're planning to release a mobile app. Uh, several months from now 
so then you'll be able to also get notifications on your phone. Okay, great. And um, so let, let, you mentioned a little bit, and I think spam is one of the issues that many people face, especially with the amount of Discord spam that I think everyone in the space is is getting. Um, you talked a little bit about some of like the messaging fees, and I know that you have the Fabric token, which seems like it plays a future role in governance and a few others. But c- can you explain a little bit more around the tokenomics of the token and how it plays a role in um, establishing fees around messaging? Yeah, so the token will be uh, the sole... Uh, means of receiving payments in the app. Uh, basically, users will be able to pay with whatever uh, asset uh, is the major one on the platform they are on. So let's say on Ethereum, you can pay with Ether, on uh, Solana, it's going to be Solana, on uh, uh, BSC, it's going to be BNB. So we want to make this very simple for users so they can pay uh, as easily as possible. And then all those, uh, most of the incoming fees will be converted to the fabric token, which will then in turn be paid to the recipient of the message once they uh, receive it. On top of that, if you hold, if, if you hold a bunch of fabric tokens, you have extra uh, visibility and functionality in the app. You're going to be getting, uh, we're, we're thinking of uh, discounts for messaging. Uh, if you're a fabric holder, uh, we're thinking of. Uh, being at the top of everybody's inbox if you're a fabric holder. So so there's going to be a lot of extra utility in the app too. Okay, so there's kind of this... Uh, so it feels like on one side, you've got almost the, the messaging fees feeling like you would pay gas fees for other transactions if it's going to be in the, the native uh, chain's uh, cryptocurrency. Um, and then for fabric holders... I mean, is it going to be fabric holders that then have to stake their their fabric tokens to have increased visibility, or or is it just going to be holders? Or are you still figuring that piece out? Yeah, we're we're still still figuring that piece out, just because our entire approach is to get to market as fast as possible and verify our ideas, and then work out all the details. That's why we were able to release uh, the metaverse ID and the alpha app in two months uh, and Christmas was uh, and New Year's was in the in those two months uh, and that's why we're going to release payments very fast and the browser plugin uh, also also very quickly uh, just because you know we we want to be out there we want to start seeing user feedback and adoption and then go into details and fine-tune the whole uh, system yeah I, I picked up one of the uh, the uh, the IDs that you distribute that you sold off in the Dutch auction early on. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what happens there. I'm curious what's what's the early adoption been been like, and how how did the initial auction go um, in uh, auctioning off some of the early usernames? Yeah, so it's the response has been very enthusiastic. We actually burned uh, 20 million fabric. That's 2% of the total supply, so 4% of circulating in this initial Dutch auction. And to this date, we've, uh, uh, people have minted 800 uh, Metaverse IDs, uh, which can be used for both uh, your, your handle in the messenger, but also 
as soon as we integrate with uh, apps and games, you'll be able to use that to automatically get an ID in the game and uh, share any type of data that you want so that you don't have to register and fill out uh, forms. And it's a handle that you actually own, so it's not something that we can take away or anybody can can take from you, just like uh, any handle in Web2 services. Uh, and they can be traded, right? So if you register a cool one, you can uh, potentially uh, sell it uh, on OpenSea. Okay, so these are all uh, ultimately NFTs that, that you could profit from potentially and, and trade across places. I'm, I'm interested in... Um... You, you mentioned there about being able to use some of these in other um, like games or I guess places maybe like Decentraland and Sandbox maybe when uh, those partnerships are, are formed. One, one, one other service I think that many people learned about last year on the Ethereum blockchain due to the giant airdrop that happened was the Ethereum name service. Um, and that's the .eth addresses that you see so many people have. Do you see that as a competitor to Metafabric or do you see it as a complementary service that, that kind of works hand in hand? It's definitely a comp- complementary service. Uh, you know, the ENS is, uh, is like domain names. Uh, some people use them uh, as handles, but uh, we wanted to uh, we wanted to release a solution that would we would have control over, so that we can roll out any type of uh, features that uh, uh, that we want. Right? We couldn't rely on a third-party service, so uh, we basically released our own IDs. That, that the goal is for these to be metaverse IDs, not domain names. The goal is for you to be able to store uh, all kinds of data related to it, including your friends list. Uh, so, so it's a complementary service, and we've already embraced ENS in, in the app. You can see uh, somebody's ENS when you open chat with them, and I think you can you can even search by uh, ENS. Uh, not not sure if that's been rolled out. So, very open for collaboration and but we have different uses and more flexibility to our IDs. Yeah, and I, I know that you, you talked earlier about when we were talking about the transaction fee, uh, the messaging fees and being able to pay in uh, currencies like BNB and uh, other like native chain currencies. D- does this mean that you're focusing outside of just the Ethereum blockchain? And is this going to be kind of like a multi-chain protocol and messaging service? Yeah, of course. Uh, the The messaging itself is uh, completely off chain and will, in my opinion, will remain off chain. Uh, it will be decentralized in the sense that uh, will, the messages will be relayed by uh, servers, uh, which anybody can run a server, just like they can run an Ethereum uh, node. Uh, but uh, for the purpose of being able to support any chain and any type of payments and making it as easy as possible for users because we could even uh, allow users to pay with credit card to message somebody if they they're not into crypto they don't have a wallet or maybe they're only on a centralized exchange right uh, they could pay with a credit card uh, and message somebody uh, that's why i think this will remain off chain in the foreseeable future 
However, we plan to decentralize and allow anybody to run a server. And uh, but this will also require complete end-to-end -end encryption because only then uh, the the server operators would not be able to snoop on the traffic. So right now it's all centralized in our hands, just because uh, for for security reasons. Uh, but longer term, we plan to support all chains and in a decentralized manner. Okay, so let's 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 talk about a a topic that has been a real challenge for anyone in the the web two world. I mean, web web one as well. And uh, now web three, I think we're going to see big challenges here. So you talked a little bit about the spam side of things and curbing some of that with a, um, a, a, a transaction fee that needs to be paid. So there's some monetary loss that happens if you start spamming people. On the other side, um, how, how are you and the team thinking about moderation um so the sharing of like inappropriate maybe illegal content things like that How, what what are some of the things you're trying to think about and measures in place to to control or or, or think about that even from an accountability perspective i think that this is going to work just like with any other uh, messenger uh, system where you know, users in groups have to police themselves. They have admins, they have uh, moderators, just like with a Discord server, right? You assign moderators to make sure that uh, there is no inappropriate content. Uh, you also have users being able to uh, report content. So we're going to employ the you know, tried and tested uh, functionalities that will allow users to uh, make sure that uh, the content is appropriate. And will when you when you mentioned there that there'll be uh, the, the ability to report content, will that will those reports surface up to the like Metafabric moderation team, or will it purely go into the individual communities moderation team? Uh, I, I think that something will have to uh, we'll have to look at existing platforms, and then eventually. Once we get into end-to-end -end encryption, it would even be impossible for us to uh, learn about uh, content that's encrypted unless somebody actually reports and sends us uh, an unencrypted uh, piece of content. So, you know, it's a, it's a developing uh, issue that we'll have to uh, solve uh, down the road. Yeah, and it seems like the, right I mean, this is an issue that many Web2 companies face even... The, the likes of Meta, right, with with WhatsApp being end-to-end -end encryption. Um, not that Meta does a particularly great job of this, but I, I, I think from speaking to other builders in, in the Web3 space around messaging, it gets even trickier when it comes to decentralized uh, messaging platforms. Yeah, well, I mean, once the platform is not in your hands and you don't control the traffic just because anybody can run a server, uh, that's when the user's input is more important because we cannot shut down the system at that point. Just like nobody can shut down Ethereum, right? And if somebody starts posting something inappropriate on the Ethereum blockchain, like there's nothing you can do about it. So, uh, yeah, it's it's. I think right now while the system is centralized, it's it's still in our hands, and we can devise a bunch of policies, and then long term we'll uh, make sure to. Uh, build the, the system in a way which allows uh, people 
controlling specific channels to uh, moderate. Got it. So let's let's dig into a little bit of the around some of the features uh, of Metafabric and what you're most excited about. I know it's very early days. You've just really released the first batch of of IDs, and I saw that you did uh, uh, an early airdrop of fabric tokens to um, some of the early adopters. I believe you've got some some more planned maybe, but what are, what are some of the features on the roadmap that you're particularly excited about and the listeners of the podcast should, should be interested in? So it's good that you mentioned uh, the airdrop. Uh, it's it's more of a referral reward at this point. So if you share your Metaverse ID link, so like mat.met.id, and somebody uh, discovers us via that link and gets a Metaverse ID, then you get uh, up to 2,000 fabric uh, tokens. So it's kind of a way to help uh, the Metaverse ID uh, spread and, and people learn about Metafabric in general. And uh, the, f- the features I'm most excited about. So right now we have wallet to wallet direct messaging. We have a preliminary version of uh, NFT holder chats. Uh, the next thing that I'm excited about is uh, the payments feature. So cutting out spam and allowing people to make money on their wallets, which by the way, this is a feature useful for people who have a big reach because then they can filter through the noise and really get contact from from people who can actually uh, who want to pay to reach out to them. So this means that they have a specific case to handle and it's not just random spam. But it can also be uh, it can also be useful to the average user because uh, let's say somebody wants to launch an NFT collection and he wants to message all CryptoPunk holders, right? or all holders of uh, some other NFT where, where the uh, entry price is uh, a lot lower. And those holders could also uh, have a fee set and then somebody's paying like a big fee to message a bunch of people uh, in the given community and they can either read it and receive that messaging and get paid or, or not, right? So that's something I'm very excited about. I'm also excited about rolling out more uh, social network type of functionalities. So a friends, friends list, uh, feed off, you know, somebody's NFT purchases and so on. Mm, and I'm also very excited about our, our, our upcoming uh, browser plugin because uh, that's, uh, that's not only going to allow you to message any address you see on any website, but also we plan to add flagging functionality so you can flag uh, an address as a scam address or, or add a comment next to an address and others other people can see that so this will give like an extra layer of interactivity to uh, to web3 and and uh, crypto addresses interesting and you uh, just on the note of like um you mentioned being able to message say all cryptopunk holders um, is, is it fair to say that that will probably come at a premium and the can the messaging fees or at least you plan for the messaging fees to uh, be set by the the communities themselves and the individuals themselves so that they can 
kind of command a, a, a higher fee for a message? Uh, yeah, everybody will be able to configure it on their own. You can all you can also disable all fees, and then you'll be getting all the spam in the world eventually. Uh, but by default, we plan to set the fee uh, to be dependent on net worth of the individual, uh, and this way, you know, people who have a bunch of high-profile NFTs, and I'm sure many people want to message them, it's going to cost more to to do that. And also, uh, for for the sake of convenience, you know, your friends are going to be able to message you for free, of course. And then you can set uh, a bunch of NFT collections and holders of those collections can message you for free too, because if somebody's also a CryptoPunk holder, then uh, you're probably happy to chat to them if you have a CryptoPunk, right? And uh, for, for anyone to use the Metafabric Messenger long-term, um, are they going? Is it going to be required that they own a um, Metafabric ID? Like you mentioned, I have Matt. Met. Id. Will Will that be a requirement, or is that just an uh, an additional piece on top of this? Uh, no, it's not a requirement. You can use it without uh, for free completely. Uh, no, no requirements. It's just that if you want to have a nice handle in the app and. Uh, want people to see you with that uh, handle, uh, then then you have to get a metaverse ID, which which is right now 0 0.025 ethers, which is like 80 bucks I think plus plus gas fee of one transaction, because with ENS you have uh, two transactions to to buy a domain. With us it's just one transaction, so uh, it's significantly cheaper, not not a very big uh, expense. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's great, and I imagine as you building more of the social uh, features into into this, it's probably going to play uh, a bigger and bigger role. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So just uh, just running out. So it seems like there's uh, a lot a lot of interesting stuff that you're building. I think messaging inside the uh, the metaverse right now and wider Web three is is something that's still really in its infancy. That that isn't a whole lot of uh, projects that are that are building this that i've seen so far um what if, if we fast forward say three to five years which feels like a lifetime in the the, the world of uh crypto um what what do you what do you see this kind of web3 identity social and, and messaging space looking like do you think that this is just going to be there's going to be one dominant messaging service that that exists um or do you think this is going to be uh, a, a whole load of them that can coexist and are, are deeply integrated into to platforms. What's 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 your opinion on this? I think I think there's going to be a bunch of uh, services. We plan to aggregate uh, most other messengers at some point in time, so that in Metafabric you would be able to receive messages from others too. Uh, but I think there there's going to be a bunch. Just like today, you have you know many messaging services that people uh, use many uh, many rise many fall but there is always like a bunch on the on the market i think the the most optimistic thing that could happen is basically everybody moving to web3 with their uh, social networking and social media activities which would mean that people actually own the content they create and it's distributed by its by a decentralized uh, medium, 
which would also mean that they don't have to share all their uh, usage uh, data with with some centralized uh, provider uh, and same with their personal data because this notion of having your data private and encrypted and only sharing portions of it with the temporarily with various providers that uh, you want to share the data with that's something that's been around for you know 20 years i think it hasn't been adopted just because there's no convenient way to do it and there was no framework to to build upon because this it's not in the interest of centralized players for your data to be private right so web3 is an opportunity for that to happen it's an opportunity for people to actually own their data to have it uh, encrypted on the blockchain and only sharing access keys, temporary access keys with providers that require it, or even, you know, uh, logging into services without sharing your email, right? Just like right now, uh, uh, you can log in with a wallet that still shares your wallet ID and your history of transactions on that wallet, right? So it's not a perfect solution. Apple rolled out uh, this login where they anonymize your email. So that's like a nice step in the right direction. But the perfect solution would be just logging in with some kind of digital signature that's not tied to anything, doesn't reveal anything about you. And you know that service should be happy that you're there, right? Uh, instead of uh, taking over your email, spamming you, taking over your personal... <coughs> So a free, a free world is, is what I hope for uh, in the sense of uh, both finance and uh, online data and activities. Yeah, and I, and I think to, to your point around some of the, the work that Apple's been doing, at least on the, um, like the hide my email side of things, I, I agree with you on the Web3 side of things. One, one concern even that I've had a lot of the time with a lot of identity, like even when I had like my ENS, like a lot of the things inside of crypto is just the financialization of everything. And as much as I would love to have like my, even like my Metafabric uh, ID, I don't love the idea of having all of my my net worth and assets in that same wallet that people can just go through all my transaction history, et cetera. I mean, it's the pros and cons of the, uh, the, uh, the the open nature of decentralized finance and and blockchain, but I, I love that you're thinking about ways in which that that could be obscured in the future, and we can just have um, ways of still getting the benefits of messaging in a decentralized way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's uh, that's something to fight for, for sure. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much. Fabric Lord for coming on the the podcast, sharing out the the vision for Metafabric today and in 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 the next kind of few months and years. Where can people learn a little bit more about uh, Metafabric right now? Uh, you can definitely check out uh, our website metafabric.io, and then and then join our Discord if you want to connect directly. We're constantly on the outlook for uh, partners uh, to integrate with. Uh, people who are interested in uh, uh, somehow testing out and uh, promoting our solutions. So open for, uh, for any type of collaboration. Great. Well, thanks again for coming on the podcast. All the best with uh, the new features that you're rolling out. And I'll certainly be paying close attention and uh, playing around in the, in the world of Metafabric. 
Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and want to show your appreciation, why not subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a positive review. You want to catch up on all of the previous episodes? Why not visit decryptingcrypto.xyz, follow us on Twitter at decryptopodcast, and if you'd like to be a guest on the show or just want to leave us some personal feedback, email us at podcast at decryptingcrypto.xyz. The contents of the Decrypting Crypto podcast should not be used and are not intended as investment advice. Please do your own due diligence before making any investment, cryptocurrency or otherwise.